Welcome to the Roadmap to Wealth show. The show is hosted by the Invest Tribe community, a total European resource for anyone looking to succeed in all sorts of investing. Real estate, stock market, bonds and ETFs, cryptocurrency, foreclosure, peer-to-peer lending, business and startups. Before we get to today's interview, if you are a new listener, be sure to go to investtribe.org and subscribe because we offer content, tools, and an international community of experts, newbies, and everyone in between to help people to learn investing, network, find partners, deals, and financing, and make the best investing decisions possible. Let us start the show. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Wealth podcast. Today, we're going to talk with Garrett Sutton. Corporate direct, uh, direct founder Garrett Sutton is a corporate attorney, best-selling author, and one of Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad's advisor. He has sold more than 900,000 books to quiet entrepreneurs and investors. For more than 30 years, he ran his practice, assisting others in protecting assets and maximizing financial goals. Welcome, Garrett. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Elena. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. So let us start off. How did you get started with Corporate Direct? Well, I I, uh, attended law school in San Francisco, and I always liked corporate law, and I just took to it. And uh, after practicing law in San Francisco and Washington, D.C., I moved to Reno, Nevada, uh, and Nevada has great uh, corporate laws. And so in 1988, I started Corporate Direct, uh, to assist people in setting up their corporations and LLCs and uh, as as importantly, maintaining them because you have to continue to maintain them mm-hmm. to be protected. So that's when I started the business. I enjoy what I do. I get to talk to people from all over the country, all over the world, actually, and, uh, you know, structure uh, their asset protection uh, in a way that best suits their needs. So it's it's been really enjoyable. Thank you. It's, it was absolutely amazing experience for you, I think. So what was the most difficult challenge you've had in your business since it started? Well, Elena, one of the toughest things is finding the right people. Um, you know, you just, you can't have anybody doing this. We, we need people who are both uh, smart and then are good at customer service. Uh, we mm-hmm. we provide a high level of customer service, and you know some people uh, need extra help getting through the process of incorporating, and so our people need to be knowledgeable and patient. And not everybody can do that, so uh, we want to make sure we have the best team possible. And uh, fortunately, right now we have a really good team. Uh, but over the years, Elena, you just have to make sure that you're getting the right people on the bus, as they say, to uh, to deliver uh, for your clients. That's absolutely true. Maybe you have some tips to share. How did you choose the right people? Since yeah, obviously you find the right people for you for your business right now. Well, you know, sometimes we work with these uh, employment agencies, whereby the person is the employment agencies. Uh, employee, and they send them over here, and we'll test them for two or three months. And and you know you can test drive the client, the employee, to see if they 
fit what, what you're looking for. Um, and so that's a good way to do it. Uh, other times we just advertise uh, for people and, you know, it's a, it's a fairly rigorous interview. We want to make sure that we're getting the right person and, and we let them know that it's a, it's a temporary thing. We're going to test it out for 90 days to see if it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's also a good way to do it. Thank you very much for this advice. Uh, what makes you feel passionate about your business? Well, you know, we, uh, we set up corporations and LLCs, and I guess I've always been interested in it, Elena. My, my father was a judge in Oakland, California, and, mm-hmm. you know, we would talk about uh, not names and, and specific cases, but we would talk about general things over the dinner table. And one of the things I remember my dad saying is that, you know, this person could have been protected if he'd used a corporation. They had done business in their individual name mm-hmm. as a sole proprietor and lost everything. Yeah. So at an early age, I was learning about the need for uh, asset protection just at the, din- the dining room table, and uh, it's, it's carried over. Yes, I can see it. It's absolutely fantastic. So it was really from your, your early days. Uh, right. Tell me about a project or accomplishment that you consider to be the most significant in your life. Well, you know, I've always enjoyed writing, Elena. And, uh, you know, in, in high school, I, I wrote for the newspaper. And in law school, I wrote a, uh, you know, a, a law review article. I just really enjoyed writing. And hooking up with Robert Kiyosaki mm-hmm. uh, has been really uh, terrific for me because I've been able to write six books in the Rich Dad Advisor series, and uh, it's it's rewarding in the sense that I'll talk to people. You know, we I do consults all day with people from around the world, and I'll talk to people, and they really appreciate the information uh, I've conveyed in these books. So it's it's very rewarding and satisfying that people have read the books and benefited from them. So that that to me would be a, a, a real high point of my career is is writing these books actually i read your books <laughs> i like them oh oh good yes, well i appreciate seller. that yes yes i read your books on real estate for example follow real estate yeah so. good yeah the book loopholes of real estate and and i keep updating it the laws changed the tax law changed yeah. recently so mm-hmm. we're with it's a constant process of keeping them updated but it is enjoyable for me yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, you're a writer and you and, and help people to open the LLC. It's absolutely amazing that you do, and especially you work with Kiyosaki. So, amazing experience. So, among this, all this experience, what was the best experience you've had since you've become an entrepreneur? Well, I, I guess the, the best experience is being able to travel with Robert Kiyosaki and the other Rich Dad advisors mm-hmm. and, and spreading the message of financial education. And what's interesting, Elena, is we've gone around the world doing this. Mm-hmm. And the people in South America and the people in Asia and, and Europe, the, they, they're all hungry for the same message. Uh, it, it's universal mm-hmm. that people want to be able to uh, advance their financial goals and be able to retire without relying on the government. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've it's just been really enjoyable to to travel to all these various continents as well as within the United States and uh, provide people with this information. 
Yes, it's absolutely agree with you because uh, yes, everywhere in the world people have the same problems and they, they need the same, uh, more or less the same strategy because as you said, it, it, it's not so different actually if it, things happens in the United States or here in Europe or in Asia. It's uh, what, what I'm doing too. I also explain people how they can invest in a, a global market actually, just not to be stuck in some, in some uh, country. And for example, if, if your city or where you live or your country where you live, it's not very good for now, for example, to invest, you can always check out other markets. So this, here to, uh, the idea is to open the vision to the world, and uh, yes, it's, it's, it's my message. So I absolutely understand you. So, Good. Well, and, and in the United States, our doors are open. If you want to invest money in the United States, yes, if you want to buy real estate here, yes. uh, our doors are open. You, you certainly are free to invest in the United States, and, and we handle calls from all over the world of people who realize that, you know, the United States is a litigious society. People sue people all the time, but yes, there's it's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem there, actually. This all yeah. the, that's actually, that's actually, I've invested in 16 countries for now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good. Uh, yes, but for now, I still avoid in the United States because I'm afraid of lawsuits. Well, and then we, you can set up LLCs to protect uh, your your properties the best you can. But, you know, it we do have a litigious society, uh, but the law also allows you the ability to set up LLCs for the protection of your real estate. And that is a big deterrent for attorneys because it's hard to get through these LLCs to collect on a claim. So uh, we, we do assist people uh, a lot of Australians, a lot of Canadians, uh, some Europeans. British. Uh, we, pardon me? British, maybe. British. Uh, yeah, oh, British uh, invest a lot here. You're mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, but it's all over the world. But, um, you know, it, it is, as we were speaking about, it is fun to travel around the world and see that people have the same interests, uh, yes. the same uh, hunger for information on how to benefit themselves as they grow older. Uh, yes, absolutely. And different places gives different opportunities. You see, in, in the United States, there are a lot of advantages. Uh, for example, loans, it's much easier than here in Europe, they, but they are less securized than here in Europe. But, so, absolutely, see, everywhere you travel the world, people need the same thing, actually, basically and provide these different answers for these questions. So the right. next question is, uh, if you were to go back in time, uh, when you become an entrepreneur, and what would you do differently? Well, you know, I think I've learned my lesson that I need the right people on my team. And at the start, when I was a young entrepreneur, and you wanted to move forward and fast, and sometimes I didn't, get the right people on the team. So if I were to start over again with certain other ventures besides law that I tried out, um, I would have been more focused on getting the right people in the right position. Um, so a lesson was learned there. 
Yeah, yes, yes, a management that's absolutely difficult for me too. It's um, it takes time to learn how to hire people, how to fire them, how to manage them, how to put them in a good positions too. It's a, it's a, it's an absolutely necessary skill for every entrepreneur, and it's the most hardest to learn sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah. If your business collapsed today, it can happen like everything. What would you do next? Well, Elena, I've been working for a number of years. And so uh, I would say that my wife and I are comfortable. And so if the business collapsed today, I probably would uh, continue with volunteering. Um, I'm associated with uh, three charities. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I... Uh, would would probably not start a new business, but I would probably uh, just continue volunteering uh, mm-hmm. and providing my time and energy for these uh, nonprofit uh, organizations that I enjoy working with. What are they? What are these charities? Uh, one is called the American Baseball Foundation. It's based in Birmingham, Alabama. The second one is the Sierra Kids Foundation. We provide scholarships for families that have autistic children and need the extra help. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is the Nevada Museum of Art. It's an art museum here in Reno, Nevada. And I spend a lot of time working with that. We're expanding the museum. We have education for the students to come in and learn about art. And so uh, those three charities are, uh, are are important to me and and especially uh, helping families who have autistic children. I, you know, we have a family uh, history there. And so we just uh, enjoy providing this kind of uh, training that you can get at the University of Nevada. They have a terrific program where they can help bring children out of autism. We've had people move to Reno for this program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's really rewarding to be able to help these families because you can bring your child out of autism if you catch it early enough and you get the right training. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's absolutely fabulous work that you do. It's absolutely fantastic that, yeah, uh, and we need it. Yeah, actually, right. it, it can be tricky. And uh, yes, but I've seen it. I've seen people you know, take out his children and finally they can finally live normal life afterwards. So it's uh, thank you for this involvement and uh, for what you do, uh, what you do for them. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Can you please share a person that has an impact on you as an entrepreneur or somebody who mentored you? How did they influence you? Well, Robert Kiyosaki has been a huge influence. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been associated with him now for over 20 years. And uh, he has a, a great message about financial education. He's an excellent teacher. Uh, he's an, a terrific mentor. Um, and, you know, one of the things he told me early on is, you know, if you do business the right way, if you don't worry about the money, if you just do business the right way and treat your clients right, the money will come. And that has been a, a great lesson for me uh, that, you know, working on providing the best service will ultimately result in you having a strong business. Uh, so I really appreciate Robert Kiyosaki's uh, thoughts. You know, he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which has sold mm-hmm. 26 million books worldwide. It's the best-selling 
personal finance book of all time. He's touched a lot of lives. And uh, certainly he has, cert- he has assisted me in both my personal and professional career. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. It, it, this book is a very influential on me also. Huh? It was one of the reasons I started investing also. So I know what you're speaking yeah. about. Absolutely. It's absolutely amazing experience. Uh, yeah, but for another question, how do you think people sometimes start in business and uh, but they think it's difficult and it ends in failure? Why do you think it happens? Well, why, I think it's, it's kind of true that people will start a business and it'll end in failure. Um, you know, the statistics here in the United States are that, you know, three out of five businesses uh, will fail. But, you know, that's just, that's just the first round. I mean, uh, plenty of business fails. Henry Ford of the Ford Motor Company uh, had to start four businesses before he got Ford Motor Company going. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people in, in Silicon Valley, which is uh, three hours from here mm-hmm. in the San Francisco Bay Area, the, the mantra there is fail fast, right? You know, get into that first business. And if it doesn't work out, fail fast, learn your lessons and start again. So, you know, it is true that businesses end in failure. But what is important is what do you take away from that failure? Do you learn the lessons and does it help you start your next business? That's absolutely true. There is no failure, there are feedback. (laughs) What's that? Feedback. Right, exactly. Mm. You need feedback, you need to learn the lessons. If you come away from a business that has failed without learning any of the lessons, you're going to fail again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can uh, talk with your friends and your mentors and understand what happened and avoid it the next time, um, all the better. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you. So the next question is, what skills or habits do you think helped you to become successful? Well, for me, uh, I would say two skills uh, have have been uh, important. Uh, one is is just my ability to write. I've, as a kid, I always enjoyed writing, um, and I've kind of, you know, honed it over time. The, the, they say you need to spend ten thousand hours at something before you get good at it. That was that book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. But you know, I I think you have to write a hundred thousand words before you get good as a writer, and certainly I've done that. So. Writing has been uh, important for me as well as an attorney, um, the ability to listen. Uh, In our society, people don't listen enough. You know, they want to get their own thoughts out. They, they, you know, have their own ideas. But really, as an attorney where I'm uh, counseling a client, the important thing is for me to listen to the client, understand their needs, and then provide advice. So, um, you know, and, and as well for your listeners, Elena, who are getting into business, you mm-hmm. need to listen to the clients. You need to listen to what their needs are so that you can help them. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. And uh, yes, in our society, as you said, people don't know how to listen. Actually, it's a capacity you can 
There are some people that naturally are good listeners, but there are few. So yes, especially when you're in business, especially when you're in services, you have to learn how to listen attentively to it, to right. actively. And it's active not- listening. That's exactly right. It is active listening. You have to shut out that computer, phone, you, you know, <laughs> you, the social media, and you have to actively listen. You have to focus. Don't have your thoughts drifting here or there. Focus on what the person is saying. Absolutely true. And it's very important for every uh, entrepreneur. And actually, it's important for everybody. Even in right. in a family, in in a couple, you know, they need to, to understand yeah. each other. They need to listen actively too. Yes, absolutely sure. So now it's a time for fun questions. Uh, the first one, uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Well, Elena, I would love to be a benevolent dictator. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> I, would, I would love to be able to just dictate what people should do so that they can improve their lives. Wouldn't that be great? Um, and here in the United States, you know, we have a lot of people who are lost. You know, they, the, the families don't provide a structure. There are not that many groups to join. Uh, whereas, you know, 50 years ago, people joined the Rotary or had a church or had a group that gave them some sort of cohesion and meaning. And a lot of that's gone. So if I was a benevolent dictator, I would, you know, ensure that everybody belonged to a group that gave them greater meaning uh, instead of being lost and drifting as they are. So, you know, that would be a cool superpower to be the benevolent dictator. Yes, it's, I like the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the idea too. Yes, it's not only in the United States. It's everywhere in the world, I noticed it. It's people become the most individualized. And uh, yes, uh, they um, it becomes difficult to mix with each other. And maybe it's also that we can blame social media for this. Oh, I certainly, you can easily blame social media for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go to a restaurant and, and you see a group of kids having a meal and they're not talking to each other. No, they're on yes. their cell phone Jeez. with social media. Yes. That's I mean, it's crazy. beyond me how they can consider that going out with friends. You're going out with your iPhone. It's, yes, it's absolutely true. So, and that's hard people. I don't know what will be the future. Maybe it will be different type of uh, relationship between people, but it's differently. It's changed. It's not like it was before. And yes, uh, it's, it becomes more, more, plus more, more difficult to speak to each other. Yes, well, and in here, here in the United States, Elena, kids are not dating as much as they used to. Um, you know, I mean, boys are worried that someone's going to allege they were, uh, you know, uh, frisking them or, or, you know, improper. Uh, and so a lot of boys are scared to go out on dates uh, because of this, uh, these movements. And, mm-hmm. you know, certainly you want to make sure that the, the women are not harassed. But at the same time, there's been an overreaction where a lot of boys uh, aren't dating because that kind of claim brought against a young child or a young adult. I mean, that can ruin your life. Absolutely. If you get, if you get accused of sexual misconduct and you're innocent, uh, you have to, uh, but you don't want to go through the court system. Mm-hmm. You, you have to register as a sex offender. It affects your ability to get a job. Uh, it affects your whole future. 
And so a lot of kids here in the United States are not dating for that reason. Mm. And so, and, and, uh, boys are getting married at a much later rate. People are forming households at a much older, uh, time period, which is a huge demographic change. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of a, a very interesting period. I, I'm just really curious how it will play out uh, if we're going to continue to have that or if there's going to be uh, an understanding whereby, uh, you know, people are, um, you know, less willing to make these claims when they're not when they're not true. Uh, here in Europe, it's a little bit different, for God's sakes. It's like it was before, we can say. But the because, yes, we have lo- less, much less lawsuits here than in the United yeah. States. That's why it's, right. I remember we spoke about them not investing in the United States because I'm afraid of lawsuits. So it's a little bit easier here. But, yeah, you're right. Life is changing. That's, um, and I blame social media for this. So, yes. <laughs> The next great fun question is, um, if you could turn back in time and talk to your 18 years old self, what would you tell him? Well, when I was 18, I just, I didn't really think much about the future. And, you know, you're, you're in this milieu of all sorts of people coming and going. And I, I think I would have focused more on friendships. Uh, than, than I did then. So I would tell myself to, you know, the, the good people that cross your path, um, stay friends with them, stay in touch with them. And, uh, I was not very good at that. I, I went to college, I transferred to another college, I went to a professional school and you're dealing with people all the time on the move. And I just wish I'd stayed friends with some of those people. Yeah, that's important, especially, yes, you traveled also, I've seen. Yeah, I know what you're speaking about because I lived in so many countries and also I used four languages in my life, in my daytime, actually. And yeah. Yeah, so, some people I lost and, um, yeah, now we can get, yes, it's a good thing for social media. Uh, uh, because of social media, we can find these people we lost before well and that's a good point elena our our high school class uh of 200 people uh 70 of us are on social media together Mm -hmm. and and in touch so you're right it has allowed you to have those friendships from the past and and stay current so i guess that is a good point about social media yeah that's a good point about social media (laughs) okay next question is what are you not very good at well you know, if we ran this by my wife, she would certainly agree. I am not good at folding laundry. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that is a fun question. It's okay. <laughs> Which, you know, for me is sometimes a good thing because, you know, I, I don't have to do it, but I am just really terrible at it. So um, other people maybe, do it. Maybe you're terrible at it because you don't like it. <laughs> uh, that could be. That's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and for business part? In business, you know, in business, I'm not really, um, I'm, I'm not really good at, at math. I try to be good at math, but um, sometimes I'm just not as swift at, at math as I should be. I'm good at writing and I'm good at listening, but my math skills uh, are lacking. I, 
I understood geometry, but once I got to algebra and trigonometry and everything else, it was just a blur. I just, I was not good at it at all. I just don't have that kind of brain for uh, being a math whiz. I understand you I mean, exactly the same. It just, but it's uh, it's okay. I, I still could invest in real estate and run business, you know. But I'm absolutely horrible with figures. Uh, but yeah, if it could be better, it could help me. Right. Right. Yeah. But okay, we we, we are what we are. We can change it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. We have a great points and our not so great points, so we have to live with it. Another right. question for you. If you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would it be and why? Well, this is a good question, Elena. And um, the three I would choose would be George Washington, uh, you know, the founder of our country. Of course. A very of course. interesting man. Absolutely. Uh, Jack. Jack Dempsey, who was the uh, heavyweight champion in the 1920s and a very interesting character, a man that lived here in Reno for a number of years. And then uh, Julius Caesar. I've, I'm fascinated by the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And I would love to talk to Julius Caesar about, you know, all his battles and, and all the, you know, changing from the Republic and, you know, just the, all the history and interesting parts there were about the Roman Empire. Thank you, Matt. Like, absolutely fabulous choice. I think if it's possible, you'll make you'll have a great time with them. And maybe Oh, well, I would pick up the tab. If I could have that dinner, I'd pick up the tab no no matter what it was. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? Well you know, there's this old saying that you you should do the right thing even when no one is looking, mm -hmm. right? And so if you live your life uh, with integrity, uh, with, uh, you know, an, an ability to care for others, to, under, to, to walk in other people's shoes and understand what they're going through. But if, if you can do the right thing at all times, if everybody did that, we would live in a much better world. And so this idea that we have great movements and people have to do these these great things i think it's it, it's more elemental than that it's it's more basic it's just doing the right thing at all times if everybody did that it'd be fine absolutely absolutely agree with you it's uh, so true absolutely true uh what is coming on the horizon? What is your new project? Something new? Well, Elena, I'm working on a new book. Um, I can't I can't tell you what it is because it'll jinx okay. it. Uh, but <laughs> I'm working on another book, and uh, you know I like getting up at four or five in the morning and working on it for a few hours, and mm -hmm. then I go to work. But um, you know, it's just. For me, as kind of I've said throughout this interview, writing is enjoyable for me, so I'm working on another book. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And um, uh, tell me something like, how do you write your books? Because actually, I also write my books. It's difficult. It took me a year to write it. So, how much time you uh, you 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 read um, you already read a lot of books? How do you do it? 
Well, I get up early in the morning. I have that cup of coffee. Uh, and I write longhand on a yellow legal pad. Uh, I don't type the information in. I get carpal tunnel, and I also like to cross things out and you know insert brackets here and there. And so I I do it longhand. Uh, I guess I'm a dinosaur, uh, <laughs> but um, that for me is the way to do it. And then I have someone else type it, and then of course I edit everything. Um, but I'm good for maybe three hours, sometimes five hours. But after that, the well runs dry. You can't, I just can't write for more than five hours. It's too much. Yes, yes. I think because for, for me, it was pretty hard. Uh, like yeah. some, so I do like something like two, three hours after this, it just, I can't do it anymore. But right. yes, it, it's my second book. <laughs> so Good. Well, good luck with it. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, now, share the best advice you can give to the listeners. Well, as we've discussed, I assist people in protecting their assets. And so I think as you start to invest in real estate, you start a business, uh, even if you have a brokerage account with paper assets, uh, it's universal. You need to protect those assets. And so uh, I would consider... Uh, whatever is the right entity for your country. Uh, uh, here in the United States, it's an LLC. In South America, they're called SAs. Uh, you know, Germany, GmbHs. Mm -hmm. uh, but each country has their way to protect assets. And right at the start, as you're building your estate, you're building up your net worth, you need to be protecting those assets at the same time. So, that's what I do all day long, and that's my best advice for your listeners. Thank you very much for this advice. Uh, what is the best way to reach you? Well, we have a website called corporatedirect.com. And so if you go to corporatedirect.com, you can learn about asset protection in the United States. Uh, we have a newsletter where we keep people updated on what's happening in the law and real estate here in the United States. Um, and so that, you know, that's a fairly robust website, corporatedirect.com. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Garrett, for your time. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and see you next time. Great. Well, nice speaking with you, Elena, and, and best wishes to you and your new book. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources, links, and show notes over at Invest Tribe. Org. See you next week on the Roadmap to Wealth Show.